Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us, and welcome to the Yield Mastermind Talks podcast. With your host, Philip Randazzo. And we're live. What is happening? Yield Mastermind Talks podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. And I should be saying thank you more often, uh, but really, we we honestly appreciate you guys taking time out of your day to, to tune in to our show and, and get this awesome content that we are putting out just for you listeners. Obviously, I enjoy the hell out of creating these podcasts. I, I love conducting these, these interviews and conversations that you guys hear, but if it wasn't for you guys tuning in, we would not be doing this. So sincerely, thank you. And, and today we have another exclusive, freaking awesome interview, and you guys are really going to enjoy this one. We dive into a lot of really fantastic concepts, and, and that is my interview with Mr. Mr. Excuse me, Mr. Jesse Yandel. And guys, Jesse is a, a high-level guy who is accomplishing and has already accomplished some incredible, incredible things. Let me get into his bio here. So Jesse Yandel enlisted as an infantryman in the Army on July 16th. 1996. So he spent some time at Fort Lewis, which is in Washington. He relocated. Then he volunteered for the 75th Ranger Regiment. He complete, completed the orientation course and was reassigned to the 1st Ranger Battalion, uh, 1st Battalion, 75th Ranger Regiment in Georgia. Um, he is now doing some incredible things. He is the co-founder of the Uncommon Human and also the president of Uncommon Columbia SEM. And, and let me just explain, guys, that doesn't even cover the half of it. Uh, this guy was, was injured in combat. He served on 15, yes, you heard that correct, 15 deployments. I, don't, I didn't even know that one person could go on 15 deployments, but he has done that. And as you'll hear in the interview, he has a ton of wisdom that he has taken from his time with the Rangers and with the Army, and he is putting into his businesses and everything that he's doing. One of the things he says that I absolutely full-heartedly believe in is that you know he says, do the routine things routinely. And, and I, I love that idea. If we just did the routine things routinely, what would your life be like? And so guys, there's tons of nuggets like that and a whole lot more in my conversation with, with Mr. Jesse Yandel. So guys, thank you for tuning in. Please enjoy the show. You are listening to the Yield Mastermind Talks podcast. Enjoy the show. Today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Fuel 101. Now, guys, if you're looking for a book that's going to help give you a framework to succeed, to reach your goals, to accomplish those things you've always wanted to accomplish, to take that leap of faith, maybe get you out of your comfort zone a little bit, you know, you might be a person that isn't quite sold on personal development books, self-help books, maybe you're a young person who doesn't feel like the books relate to you, you could be any age, Rocket Fuel 101 is a six-step process that's going to propel you towards your goals and stop you from drifting through life. This is one of those books that's going to provide you with a framework. This six-step process is going to help you figure out your passions, pick a trajectory, 
you know, launch your mission, go ahead, set those goals, go 100% at it. You're going to bring people along with you. You're going to find a mastermind network. There's so many things that this book is going to give you. You do not want to miss out on getting a copy for yourself. And in sponsoring the show, Rocket Fuel 101 is going to give you 15% off any and all purchases of books, whether it be the hard copy or ebook. All you have to do is go to the Rocket Fuel 101 numbers, Rocket Fuel 101 book.com. Again, that's the Rocket Fuel 101 book.com. And when you're at the checkout, type in the promo code podcast. That's promo code podcast. You are going to receive 15% off your purchase. And this is something, it's not a one-time deal. You will get this no matter how many purchases you make. All right, so here's what I want you guys to do in this order. Go to therocketfuel101book.com. Get yourself, your friends, your family, whoever you want, get them a copy of the book, enter promo code podcast, and start reading. You guys don't want to miss out on this. All right, hello, Yield Mastermind Talks podcast. This is your host, Philip Randazzo, and today we are with Mr. Jesse Yandel. Jesse, how's it going? It's great, Philip. Thanks for having me today. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, of course. We we connected a while ago, and, and I've been wanting to get you on the show. I'm glad we made it happen. Perfect. Me as well. Awesome. All right. Well, first, let me say thank you for your service. And uh, for those who are listening who don't know, you are still currently active in the U.S. Army, and um, you have quite the story. I was reading through some of the stuff you sent me and listening to the podcast that you just released with Ari Mizell of Less Doing. And uh, man, the, the story is incredible. If you wouldn't mind just kind of taking us from, you know, your early beginnings to kind of what led you to the path you're on today. Absolutely, Philip. Hey, so uh, I joined the military right out of college, um, really about, or up correction, out of high school, really about 30 days uh, after high school, uh, I was active duty in the military. I was just a standard infantry unit in the army, you know, doing standard infantry stuff. And I just felt like there was something else out there for me. Um, I then inquired um, through some mentorship that I received from some of my leaders, uh, inquired to be uh, to attend the selection for the 75th Ranger Regiment. Uh, I attended that in August of uh, 2000. And uh, after a successful completion, I was then assigned to uh, 1st Ranger Battalion in Savannah, Georgia. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, I went to the unit that was going to provide me the most chance to go to combat. And I wanted to go to combat with, you know, the best possible service members our country had to offer. And I knew that was the place that it would be. Obviously, when the attack September 11th happened, you know, uh, a lot of people said, pray for war, kill for peace. And, uh, you know, that we knew what we had to do uh, to, to attain that. Throughout the next 10 years, uh, I worked up through all the leadership positions from uh, team leader to uh rifle platoon sergeant and conducted 10 deployments with uh, first ranger battalion i was uh slightly injured uh there kind of at the uh, end of that 10th deployment kind of ended a little sooner than i expected uh after some some surgeries and some rehabilitation i then uh was transferred to second ranger battalion that's at joint base lewis mccord right there south of tacoma washington uh, from there, I conducted five deployments with them and uh, reached the pinnacle of my career, which is Ranger Rifle Company First Sergeant. And I was the first sergeant of Charlie Company Second Ranger Battalion, and uh, conducted five deployments total in Second Ranger Battalion with a total of fifteen overall, 
and then uh, found out one day that I was going to be having twins, uh, boy-girl twins, and then I made a decision to pivot. Uh, I then uh, moved to Fort Jackson, South Carolina, right here in the uh, Columbia area, worked at uh, a training unit that basically does basic training for initial entry soldiers, and then I was impacted by, uh, you know, the organization American Dream U. Uh, when I say impacted, uh, I don't know if that's the right word. You know, I, I, I was coaching the uh, post-best ranger team, and uh, one of my uh, competitors was a, a guy by the name of Trevor Shirk, who you know as well. And uh, he would always talk about this, hey, this American Dream U, this American Dream U, these speakers, this book. And I just, you know, I didn't have time for it in my life, and I already had my path set. I was going to basically take a job in a, in a separate niche that would have paid the bills and wouldn't have challenged me very much, and, uh, but I would have been successful in it. Uh, I finally kind of gave in, got impacted by American Dream U, um, started my path, and uh, since that second pivot, uh, I've went from, you know, not knowing anything about really the entrepreneur lifestyle to, you know, starting a leadership development company, uh, starting a marketing company, and then actually finding my dream job, which is the other track that American Dream U teaches. And I was recently hired as a leadership consultant with a firm of Atlanta, Kenning Associates. That's, man, fantastic. And that's, I, I mean, I, I counted 15 deployments there, if I'm not mistaken. That's, that's correct. Yeah, that is, that's absolutely insane. So I guess my question for you, well, first of all, what is the difference between the first and second Ranger Battalion that you were speaking to? So, well, I'll kind of describe the Ranger Regiment as a whole. The Ranger Regiment was formed to be the nation's premier raid force. Uh, it is comprised of three uh, Ranger Battalions and also a, uh, well, really a fourth Ranger Battalion, the RSTB. Uh, and then incorporated into that as well as the regimental headquarters. They are located in the United States. First Ranger Battalion is in Savannah, Georgia at Hunter Armory Airfield. Second Ranger Battalion is at Joint Base Lewis McCord. Um, and 3rd Ranger Battalion, along with the RSTB and the regimental headquarters, is at Fort Benning, Georgia. Awesome. Cool. And so with, within those 15 deployments, um, and then you, you said you were slightly injured as well after your, or during your 10th, um, which is a, a different story. I mean, slightly injured. I don't really know if that cuts it after reading a little bit about what happened. But, I mean, what were some of the, you know, the two or three most critical things that you learned about yourself during being, you know, away from your family, uh, you know, away from the United States, what were some of the things that you learned most about yourself? Well, what every guy in this profession does, you know, in the special operations community is, you know, we're not worried about policy and, you know, what really the next step is and kind of some of the strategic campaign all the time, even though we know our mission supports the strategic campaign. I just wanted to take care of the man to my left and right. That's what I felt that I was there to do. I felt that I had a, a purpose in this world to be a leader uh, amongst men who want to do bad things to bad people. And, you know, I got the opportunity to do that. And because, you know, of the pace and, you know, the likelihood of deploying, you know, on kind of a rotational basis, I mean, it wasn't like any of us were sitting around on the first one going, I can't wait to do this 10 or 15 more times. We just really didn't know. But what we did know is I want to continue to serve with these guys until the last day that I'm not allowed to do it anymore and they won't let me. And, you know, there's quite a few individuals that, you know, made it to, you know, kind of the teens in our deployments and didn't take a break. You know, one of my failures as well is 
not taken that break from myself. I, I stayed in the pace for so long. I never left an operational Ranger battalion to take a break. And, you know, I was coached and mentored too, but I was also offered my next position as well. And, uh, I knew what that position was going to provide me. So that's what I was going to take. You know, I wanted that, that next leadership challenge. Um, and I think that's why guys stay is because they know if they crush it as a team leader, they're going to be a squad leader, you know, so they're going to have more responsibilities. They're going to have, they're going to learn more about leadership. They know if they do a great job for that, you know, they're going to be looked at for maybe a section leader job and then possibly a platoon sergeant job, you know, and a, a saying that one of uh, great leaders, one of the great leaders in my unit would always say is your current position is the interview for your next one, mm. you know, and, and I would, all, that always just kind of stayed true with me is, you know, and uh, I just wanted to crush it at every, every chance I got and take care of the men to my left and right and bring all my mates home. Yeah. And, and so some of the things that you're speaking to a lot is, is leadership. And obviously that plays huge into what you're doing. And so how has that translated into this leadership consulting, you know, business that you've started and then this current dream job that you're working in? How, what are some of the biggest things that you're taking from, you know, learning being in the Rangers to civilian life and what you're doing outside? Well, I mean, really it's just building that team of teams. You know, a lot of people, don't refer to the person that works for them or around them as their teammate. You know, they use words in our country like employee or subordinate or, I mean, I'm sure there's some other words out there. But, uh, you know, how much would you want to come to work, Phil, if I was like, hey, Phil, Philip, you're just one of my employees, you know, one of my subordinates. You know, look forward to seeing you on uh, Tuesday, you know. But if I refer to you as my teammate and we start building a culture of team you know, we're really going to change the game in society. And these young startup tech, tech companies, for example, that's how they need to start thinking and reacting to things. They need to start reacting to not my employee made a mistake and it cost us X, but we as a team, you know, had a bump on the road. And now we're going to do some crisis action management and we're going to work through this and, and develop the success that we have as a team and the failures as well. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's exactly what people need because you're right. I've I've had jobs where I go in and I'm just the quote unquote employee, and it's it's no fun. And the language around it translates into how they treat you ultimately. And and I've also had jobs where I've been treated as a teammate or team member, and the culture is entirely different. So I think you're spot on with that. Now, um, I want to ask what is what is your greatest accomplishment, um, or what's you know, when you think back over the 15 deployments or, or everything that you've been through in the Army, what is like that one moment that you always go back to that you remember as like your, your shining accomplishment over the time that you've served? Well, if you have well, one. Well, really, I have, I have two. So I think the first one for me is, you know, being able to come back from being injured and, you know, get back to the Ranger standard. Um, you know, when I was hurt, you know, I obviously was not rehabilitating well because I was trying to come back from work and work hard and I didn't take care of myself as well as I probably could have. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I was given the time and the motivation to get back to that Ranger standard and kind of reinvent myself. And, you know, I went and summited Mount Rainier with a uh, bunch of great Americans. And I think that was kind of the, the proving moment that like, Hey, I'm back in the game. And uh, I think really the second one for me is just, you know, Another like tipping point that I had in the organization is what the organization would do is they would make you go back through selection to take your next job. 
And, you know, it really just, it kept you honest. It kept you, you know, true to yourself, true to the standard. And I think it, you know, it created a healthy culture. Now I'm not saying I was happy about going, but <laughs> but I was, I was really happy about going and absolutely crushing it and being able to go on to my next, you know, higher leadership position. Um, that was kind of a breakthrough moment for me as well. But as far as like everything I would lean back on, you know, every leader, um, that makes a mark in another ranger. I mean, there's something that you're taking away from them. All right. There's just that one thing, you know, um, that you're going to take away. And I would always try to put one or two things in my kit bag, you know, throughout every leader that I had. And I can glean back for hours and kind of, and say, Hey, that's, that's why I'm here today. But really, you know, the one thing that keeps Rangers rangering, I think is the Ranger they're left and right. And that Ranger creed, yeah, and, and are there any, um, I mean, I know that you said you have hours of stuff that you could speak to, but are there any things that, that you took away from, from some of your leaders, like, you know, little maxims or quotes or whatever that, that people might be able to apply to their daily lives? Well, I mean, you know, as far as, you know, the ability to build great teams, that that's probably the one that I would use gotcha. uh, the most. I had a, a leader that just hammered that um, towards the end of my career. You know, it's just we're only going to be successful by building great teams. Great teams make great squads. Great squads make, you know, amazing platoons and, you know, very, you know, deadly rifle companies is what we were always striving to do. Um, that would probably be my biggest one. And, I mean, I just – I go back into the Ranger Creed every now and again, you know, and, you know, gallantly while I show the world that I'm a specially selected and well-trained soldier. You know, that was something I always had to uh, dive into as well. I mean, that's why we say the Ranger Creed at work, you know, uh, you know, 140 guys screaming at it, you know, 629 in the morning. And, uh, you know, it's just what makes it a great place to work at. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, a, a lot of the things, you know, my, uh, my buddy who was uh, the co-founder of the Yield mastermind group with myself, uh, he was in the U S Marine Corps and he took away a lot of daily habits from, from his time. And so what are some of the daily habits that I'm, obviously you still do, but that you're going to continue to implement throughout your life? I, I had a great mentor that, uh, you know, I use a quote that he, he told me, and it's do the routine thing routinely. Mm. You know, and the way I transfer that into my transition as, is now becoming a civilian is, you know, what made me great was those daily rituals. It's just we just didn't call them rituals. It was just called the way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they weren't best practices. They were only practices. So, you know, I still get up early. Um, you know, I don't have to travel to work because I do kind of work uh, the first part of my day from home. But, you know, I'm still up 5, 530, uh, getting up. I'm still, uh, you know, meeting with my teammate in the morning. You know, me and my co-founder get on a call at 630. Uh, every morning prior to going into that call, you know, I just do a little bit of a uh, physical readiness training. Uh, I journal, uh, as soon as I can get done with that, uh, grab a cup of coffee real quick. Um, if I have time because I, we don't like to, you know, get on our call late, I will do my quick, you know, meditation practice. And then, uh, I get on that call. Once I get off that call, then I, ha I have a coaching call that I do with a guy that's, uh, having a breakthrough moment as well. And uh, I immediately go into that cause I'm his accountability partner right now, uh, making him successful in his life. That's awesome. And th those are all things that we talk and, and speak to at our group and especially the accountability. I think that's a huge aspect to people seeing success. And so, um, and you, you know, your, your co-founder is Trevor Shirk, whom we've had on the show. And, uh, so what was it about what he was 
talking to you about in terms of American Dream you and the speakers and the books and all that stuff. What was it about that that finally you just kind of gave in and said, okay, fine, I, you know, just stop bugging me. I'll take a look at this stuff. Or, or what was it that he was telling you that made you finally you know, look at what he was talking about? I think for me it was just I really – when I transitioned out of the uh, Ranger Regiment, you know, I was always surrounded by these great leaders. And then I came here to Fort Jackson, South Carolina, and I still had great leaders. But I was kind of on an island, though. And, you know, what I noticed Trevor always doing is he had people that he was following and giving him advice. And, you know, maybe – but that might be in the in the form of a podcast. You know, he had people that he was, you know, following, and then he would take something and put it in his kit bag and make it part of his routine. And that might have been from, like, a blog. And uh, and then, you know, he would talk to me about, like, mentor calls. You know, like, hey, I called one of my mentors. And I never referred to anybody at that point in my life as a mentor. Um, and then I would just see the way that he was able to network himself as well. And he was just networking at such a higher level than I was. And I knew these were things that I knew how to do. And I had done them all successfully inside this organization. But now that I was stepping out of it, I was not doing the routine things routinely. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it really proved to me that, hey, that stuff's so important. Um, he started showing me some great guys to follow read, listen, and I started following highly successful people, no matter what space they were in. And I was starting to mimic the words in which they speak or the actions in which they take in their rituals. And then I started adding those into my own life and my family life. And we started really having some breakthrough moments, you know, in our business, in my, in my, my home life, and then my personal life as well. Yeah, and I, man, I, I love that you keep going back to do the routine things routinely. I think that's something, and it's such a simple way to look at it, and it makes so much sense. You know, it's, you know, these best practices, like you said earlier, are just practices. If we just continue to do these things, it's, it's going to lead us in the right direction. And so what was it, or, or when did you and Trevor realize that you guys had something that you were, you know, going to then implement into Uncommon Human? Well, I think really what it is is, you know, Trevor understands the importance of having a teammate. And I think that's what he realizes that he needed at that time. And what we did is we kind of added that in the military, that officer-NCO relationship. Um, You know, there was things that, you know, Trevor's an innovative thinker. And, like, I'm a really um, motivated project manager. You know, so he might have a thought, and then I'll put it into action you know, and, you know, getting stuff done, GSD, right? So, you know, and I'll put that directly into action. I think that's what he was looking for. And what we try to, you know, do at Uncommon Human right now is we're trying to connect uncommon, um, extraordinary people with the masses. How do we get those stories out there? How do people see those stories and say, I'm going to take one thing that he has and I'm going to put that in my my toolbox as well? into my kit bag and I'm going to utilize it. And that's really what we're trying to do with, you know, starting our interview process uh, with just getting the the live video out there to people so they can see these people as well. I think it's very powerful. It's going to allow people to grow and we're going to have the ability to build that thousand true fans, you know, is what we're trying to do because those thousand true fans are going to go pay that forward and they're going to do one thing that made that person, you know, um, you know, a very uncommon person and they're going to show somebody else uh, another way to become uncommon. And I think it's really going to grow and it's, we're going to teach these, uh, practices to people in a positive manner. 
And uh, I just think it's the right thing to do for the world. You know, we're not really doing it for any other reason except to share stories and to build our tribe. Yeah, and and that's the the exact right reason to go about doing something like that. And I'm super pumped to to see that culminate into to what it's going to become. And so, how did that transition? So you have the Uncommon Human, and then you also have Uncommon Human SEM. So you're help you're doing some search engine optimization stuff, some marketing stuff. How did that transition into the the marketing? Yep. So Uncommon Columbia SEM was basically developed because we wanted to, you know, we wanted to gain a skill, but we wanted to use the skills that we already had to help companies grow by using our targeting methodology that we used, you know, in counterterrorism or in, you know, Trevor finding IEDs as a route clearance PL. You know, we wanted to use that find, fix, finish, exploit, analyze, and disseminate process to take a pain point from a company you know, and allow them to really reach the customers that they want, not to cu- the customers that they exactly think they need to, you know, to get more money. How do you get that returning com- returning customer that's going to be with you past the 100-day mark? You know, and that's the powerful thing that we wanted to provide companies. And, and uh, you know, we're going to be successful with it. We were recently uh, uh, accepted into the incubator here at University of South Carolina and City of Columbia. And those were all skills that we learned from, you know, being impacted by American Dream U, you know, we took the next step, we showed up, you know, we opted in. And uh, that's something that, you know, I just like to share with people as well. Yeah, that's awesome. Congratulations. That's, that's a big thing. And I, I hope that goes well for you guys. So, um, you know, looking at all the stuff you're learning now, is there one or two things that you would like to go back and tell your, you know, 18 year old fresh out of high school self, um, just to kind of set you on a path to maybe get somewhere a little more quickly or efficiently? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if there's two things that I I wish I was doing five years ago, I wish I was seeking mentors out five years ago, if not 10, you know, I had plenty of mentors in the military, but they, you know, they were only going to be able to mentor me to be highly successful doing my job as a ranger. I wasn't looking, you know, out and, you know, down and out enough or uh, up and out enough. I was looking down and in in my career because that's what was important to, you know, really the survivability of myself and my teammates. But I really wish I would have just found that one person who kind of would have been my guiding light. Um, The second thing that, you know, I've really changed in my life is, you know, not following some of this trash that gets impacted on us on a daily basis through the media, the social media that we use, you know, we're, we're following things that are negative. We're following things that are not going to make us successful in our space and, and with our families. And uh, I'd made a commitment to not get caught up in it anymore. Uh, I basically, you know, deleted a lot of that, those things from my life. And I only, you know, I only allow myself to follow successful, positive, highly motivated people uh, in my new transition. And I wish I would have started that a lot earlier. Yeah, those are two things that I think anybody listening out there right now, if you haven't already implemented, if you start implementing, like you just heard Jesse say, I mean, it is going to create massive impact. So thank you for sharing that. Now, my last question before we get into the rapid fire portion of the show here, what is the the one next big thing that, that you're working on or that you and Trevor are up to that, that you're most excited about right now? Um, it's, it's still in development right now, but what, what we want to do is we want to create a product that allows people to, to, uh, obtain personal coaching that want to do off the course racing. 
So no matter what real niche of the optional course they're going to fall into, we want to provide people that, uh, that ability to go find that personal coach that's going to meet their needs, that's going to help them work through an injury, and then allow them to reach their goal. And uh, I think we can do that on a personal level uh, with a lot of athletes out there. And I think it's going to really allow people to kind of reach that next breakthrough moment in their life. Yeah, that, that's awesome because I, I actually I spoke with Trevor about this a little bit, but after we spoke about it, I was looking. There really isn't any real obstacle course coaching out there, and this is just kind of in the past couple of years become this huge thing that people are doing nowadays. These these you know Spartan races, Tough Mudder, and all that good stuff. So, man, that's that's spot on. We'll definitely keep all the listeners updated with uh, with what you guys are doing with that. So, with that, Jesse, are you ready for the rapid fire portion? Absolutely. All right. So when you think of the word success, who is the first person that comes to mind and why? Uh, well, for me, it's my father. Um, he was, you know, one of those guys that lived, a, he lived a very full life, you know, and throughout his 59 years, uh, I can definitely say that he lived and uh, he showed me that hard work, you know, doing the right thing for your fellow man and, you know, and being a man of integrity uh, is going to bring you the success that you want for you and your family. Um, you know, I never saw my dad do anything that I would ever question as being illegal, immoral, unethical. However, that was after that he made his, you know, decision to rebrand his life. Uh, it didn't all, it didn't start out that way, uh, in my father's life, but he made a decision at one point of his life that, you know, he's going to take a different path. And along that path, you know, he showed me the entrepreneur spirit, he showed me about working hard to uh, to get what you want to obtain in your life. And he showed me how to take care of a family, and I'm very appreciative of that. Yeah, that's awesome. Those are all qualities that that I and I know everyone else admire. So, uh, what is the one book that you recommend or gift the most? I, I gift Blink a lot because mm. uh, you know a lot of Gladwell's books just you know they're not out there in the forefront of everybody's eyes. But what it allowed me to do is you know make decisions at an instant. It showed me why that's important. Uh, I read his book uh, in April of 2007, I believe, uh, was when I read his first one. And, uh, I mean, a week later, I was in, you know, Ramadi, uh, Iraq, hmm. you know, fighting in Ramadi and, uh, and absolutely getting out there and crushing it with my rifle platoon. And, you know, I was absolutely given the opportunity to make decisions at an, at an instant. Yeah, I mean that's that's about as uh, as high level as a decision as you can be making. So, what other um, podcasts or online resources like YouTube channels do you do you refer to often, or do you recommend to other people? I, I'm going to hit you with three right here. And Perfect. I think uh, these will resonate with the crowd. But 10x Talk with Joe Polish and Dan Sullivan. Um, a lot of people don't know this, but you know, me and Trevor got to go to a coach event, the Game Changer event up in Chicago last September absolutely changed my life and you know i started listening to 10x talk before we got there and I, I listen to it you know religiously now because you know one of the things that you know like your dad has told me before that if you just listen to 10x talk all the time you're getting about 65 percent of the content and then you follow him on youtube as well follow dan sullivan a strategic coach on youtube you're probably getting another 15 percent um, and it, you know, when you can take those, uh, those comments that those highly successful coaches use and implement them in your life, I mean, it's just, it's a breakthrough moment. I also listen to a performance enhancing podcast with a lot Furman. Uh, I really enjoy that podcast cause it's, you know, if I'm having like a down moment, I know I can go through his feed and find one of his talks or one of his interviews 
and it, it immediately brings me back up. And they have the most amazing song at the end, and I challenge <laughs> in here to listen to it. Awesome. Uh, it's four and a half minutes long, and I put it on repeat. And uh, personally, just for uh, entertainment and I mean, really good content, I like Power Players with Grant Cardone. Mm. Yeah, yep. it, all fantastic. Absolutely. Just highly successful interviews, you know, and just, you know, Grant drives a really fun interview. It's a good time. Yeah, he, he is one of those high-intensity guys, <laughs> and he's a lot of fun to listen to. Mm-hmm. So if you had to pick one part of your daily routine to do for the rest of your life, if you, if you couldn't do any other parts of your daily routine, what would that one part be and why? It would be uh, journaling. Um, mm. You know, when I started writing down my thoughts, you know, what I wanted to accomplish – and, you know, my failures and how it's going to prevent them. That's when I really started having, you know, massive action in my life. Um, recently just started a five minute journal. Um, really enjoy that. It makes it a lot easier for me. Um, and I really enjoy kind of, you know, digging back into it as well and kind of looking to see where I, you know, succeeded or failed at something I wrote down in there, something I didn't live up to. And I also, uh, I share my five minute journal with my wife as well. It's something that uh, we enjoy, and there's some things I just want to sit down and tell her and just say, hey, here's what I'm thinking right now, and, and we usually come up with a solution. Yeah, that, that, that's awesome. I use a five-minute journal also, and it's something that I've been doing is uh, trying to incorporate my girlfriend as well because it really it's you know the, the three things that you're thankful for, the three amazing things that are going to happen today. Um, you know, the affirmations and then even referring back at night and, and th- talking about what went well. I think if you can, it's, it's the mastermind principle. If you can incorporate more people into what you're doing, it's going to, you know, give you more power exponentially. So I think that's fantastic advice. And for me, I mean, it, it goes back to that routine. So every time I would ever do an event in the military, we always did the, the AAR or the after action review, you know, and you know, we all, you always wanted to leave one of those, you know, with that, that positive influence to your mates at the end of it, you know, to give them that release of serotonin, you know, that they know they just succeeded. And, uh, I think that's what's powerful at night because I'll go in it and I'll accomplish those three things and I'll get that, that jolt of serotonin. And, uh, I think that's something powerful as well. Yep. And for all of you listening, I'll, I'll definitely link to the, the five minute journal. It's a super awesome journal. We're actually going to be having UJ on the show here at the end of the month. So uh, you guys will get some firsthand stuff from him. He's the creator of it. So um, where can people find out more about you and what you're up to, Jesse? So, you know, I'd I'd offer any of your listeners to connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm I'm the only Jesse Andell on there. Uh, Our website is UncommonHuman.com for for that. And then our our marketing company is UncommonColumbiaSEM.com. But you can also find me at the next three American Dream U events. Uh, 11 March at Fort, at Fort Myer Henderson Hall up in D.C., 15 April at Fort Bragg, North Carolina, and then 20 May at uh, Fort Drum, New York. And I'd ask your listeners that, you know, even if you're not uh, a former veteran, but you have a veteran in your network or in your tribe, and maybe they need, you know, kind of that redo or that rebluing, you know, offer them the ability to to reach out to American Dream U because that's what it's there for. And uh, they will definitely uh, create, you know, create their future. Yeah, I, that, I, that's a great point. If, if For you listeners, if you know anybody like Jesse just hit on, please have them go to American Dream, the letter U.org, get connected. It is amazing stuff that, that will definitely help set them on the right path. So, Jesse, we always end the show with our guests sharing their favorite quotes. So what quote do you have for us today? My quote is by Dan Sullivan, and that's, make your future greater than your past.
Beautiful. That's a great way to end the show. Jesse, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate you taking the time. Absolutely, Philip. I enjoyed it. Fantastic. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time.